everybody, welcome to episode 149 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, as always, and uh, well, you know his name. His name is Dave Hogue. What's up? Ah, you know, just uh, we've been chatting away here for quite a while before we even hit the record button tonight, so... Well, you know, you got to do a solid warm-up before game time, Dave. Yes. Got to stretch all those muscles. You know, enjoying our conversation this evening. That, like, all of our listeners now feel left out about, so... No, well, okay, you know, (laughs) you don't necessarily need to know how the sausage is made to enjoy the sausage, right? This is true. In fact, it's better to not know. (laughs) (laughs) That that makes it it seem like there's some shady business that goes into how we make our sausage, Dave. Uh, which is weird. This is a weird start to the show. Mm-hmm. So should we let's let let's let our yes, listeners in on on how some of the sausage is made? Because this even this even plays into what we're talking about. Indeed. Of, so yeah, go ahead. The concept uh, of what of time? And yeah, just, we. Oh, oh my gosh! See, no, we're you, not used to talking about the sausage. Go just ahead, take it, go Dave. Ahead, no, go. you know, you take the sausage and run with that. No. And I'll be a few links behind you. <laughs> I, this is like the first time we've ever done this, too. No, you, no, 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 really, you first. No, you hang up first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay, no, seriously. So what this is what say? the sausage making looks like, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So, so before, so before we, we, we hit the record button, um, and Cam was praying, I, I, I truly had this moment of just what we're doing here with this podcast. Oh, and, and it was particularly, you know, you, you had prayed about whenever the listener listens to us. And I, and I really just had this moment of like, um, who knows when that could be? Uh, this this podcast literally could be listened to somebody thousands of years in the future. And I don't know that there's a high probability of that, but it is certainly possible as in um, this is kept, uh, uh, you know, in the public domain. And there is a very real possibility that it could get lost and... Um, be rediscovered at some other time. And then we were making the correlation. You were making the correlation to the fact that, uh, even now this podcast revolves around, uh, a book, a Bible, um, uh, letters that were written thousands of years ago. And so, uh, we certainly serve a God that transcends time and the concepts that we discuss here, uh, transcend time. And so, um, yeah, I don't know that I've really set that up very well, but no, it just, it's, it, I think it hit both of us that, you know, a lot of people are in the the podcast game to hit it big, right. And Mm -hmm. and be full-time podcasters and, you know, make a bunch of money by talking into a microphone, you know, wherever they want, whenever they want. And the, the idea that we serve a God who is outside of time because he created it. And that we're talking about a book that at the latest was written 2000 years ago. And at the earliest was written thousands of years before that, that that book has been preserved through time to an insane 
percentage of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother discussion that maybe we get into down the road when we want to do topical stuff instead of, you know, going through a book for two years. Uh, if we ever get to that point, <laughs> um, but that God can operate on such a massive time scale from our perspective, right? You know, um, that, that in and of itself is crazy to think about and, and hard to fathom. And then you think about the concept that we're recording discussions about a book that was written millennia ago by the inspiration of a God who has always existed and only created time when it was, you know, something that he wanted to create and that this medium lends itself to being an out of time medium, meaning you can listen to it whenever, wherever you want at a time that is convenient for you. Like all of that just comes together to me and forms this really, really funny combination of it really doesn't matter when someone listens to this in the sense that like we're not recording current news we're not doing sports updates we're not doing politics updates we are talking about a book that has been around relatively forever by a god who's been around actually forever <laughs> and these conversations don't need to be listened to immediately to have impact on people and that's not because me and you were so smart and so gifted and so wise and so scholarly as to say is like God can use anybody to achieve his means. And if he chooses to use one or multiple of our conversations that we're recording to impact the lives of people, then of course he can do that if he wants to. Right. And it's just, it's just neat to be, to have the opportunity to have these discussions with a friend about a book that's about a God that is outside of time and able to do what he wishes when he wishes and use an, a medium that really is perfect for that sort of stuff mm-hmm. because podcasting lives outside of time Yep, in that sense. And it's just, yeah, the whole conversation was, it's a bit meta, but I was just really like affirming to like, it doesn't matter what our numbers are because one, mean you don't really care about that in the sense that like we don't derive value from how many downloads we get. Um, we care about impacting people and we care about, you know, bringing, bringing value and truth to people, but it, it doesn't necessarily matter per se or our value or our happiness isn't derived from the numbers as much as it is. We can just talk about God and his word and God can do the rest. Mm-hmm. And if that means that it impact, if, if that means we've recorded 149 episodes for one person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then of course it, we would do it and it would be worth it. Right. Yep. Um, and that's not, that's not like tongue in cheek. That's not, you know, uh, hyperbolic. Like I would be so happy if that meant 149 episodes of recorded just so one person would know that Jesus loves them and died for them. I would do this all over again, you know? Yep. I would absolutely agree. So that's kind of where our heads are at going into this (laughs) 149th episode. It's a bit of a long intro, but I hope that that um, communicates to you where Dave and I are at with this show and with the purpose of it and kind of the future of where we're going. It's just like, we're just going to keep riding this train 
as long as we feel like it's what, you know, God wants us to do. It's what we want to do. It's something that we think that can bring um, value to, uh, to somebody, you know, not, not a million somebodies. Like we're not, we're not, you know, dying on that hill. Like we just want to, just want to be a place where Dave and I can enjoy a conversation, but also that conversation might, you know, be to the benefit of somebody else. Yes. Guess, guess what we're saying. Yeah. I, you know, just even as you're, you were sharing that, the other thing that just is kind of like, I'm having these profound moments tonight of just, I mean, we're coming up on five years and we have not done two entire books of the Bible. I mean, it would take us a life. We would, we would, we do not have enough life on this earth to completely do the entire Bible. Well, does anyone really want to listen to us go through the book of numbers? Like, probably, let's be honest. Probably not. <laughs> I probably don't want not. to listen to that. <laughs> but, but just talked about how, I, I guess just the realization of how rich scripture is and that you can oh, spend yeah, that yeah. much time in yeah. there. And so, yeah. See the, and that right there is a microcosm of the show. Cam makes a joke to make it lighthearted <laughs> and be dumb. And then Dave brings it back with some like, you know, heaviness and reality and wisdom. So yeah. okay. if you haven't caught on to that trend yet, you are now fully <laughs> caught up. You do not need to listen to the entire backlog to realize I'm the one that tries to make dumb jokes and Dave is the one that tries to redeem them. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> so I also like to laugh quite a bit, but that's yes. Anyways, yeah. So about that Bible that we're talking about, Dave. We're in Romans thirteen. Romans, yes. And we're gonna take a. We're gonna do three verses tonight. So uh, we're gonna take a look at Romans thirteen eight nine and ten. And I imagine it will still be rich with even doing the short little nugget that we have. So, as always, reading from the English, is it English Standard Version? <laughs> or the extra sexy version, extra depending sexy. on, you know, what rating we want our show to have. <laughs> oh, I hear Apple, Apple can be a stickler for that. Well, as long as we don't say, you know, the swear words will be okay. Okay. Which I think I've managed to avoid on this podcast, but I, I'm not going to hold uh, that. We've, I, we've let three or four slide Uh-oh. over the course okay. of the 149 episodes. All right. So I do have somewhat of a filter. All right, here we go. Verse 8, 9, and 10, chapter 13 of Romans. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. All right. So... At first, where it says, oh, no one anything, I'm like, oh, this is where, the, where people say, never go into debt. <laughs> Get there, you know. Because, oh, in, you know, in, in my brain, and I'm sure in, in, in the brains of 
other folks is about finances, right? Never, never owe someone, never borrow, never whatever. But quickly that gets turned to accept to love each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting turn there because, again, I'm thinking finances, right? Never be in debt to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, oh, we're talking about loving each other. And that, that seems to indicate that loving someone means to be in, in debt to them or to, to owe them something. And that's, that's not necessarily how, in my brain anyways, love functions. And this is like very incomplete thoughts here, right? But if I say to owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, it, it seems to indicate that by loving somebody, owe them something? Am I reading this? Like, are you, do you understand where I'm coming from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an odd, it's an odd turn of phrase, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So in what way could loving someone be a way that we owe them? Hmm. So I guess when I, when I initially was looking at that, yeah, man, now that you've said that, it's got my brain like, cause that is an odd, how that phrase follows. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the, the word that, that keeps coming to my mind is an expectation of love and I certainly love like so what the, the concrete place that I can go with that where it's easy for me to say I love is with my family and I know I always love my family the same from one day to the next but it certainly feels like there are days where I am better at loving my family than others. And when I, it, it, and when I feel like I don't love my family well is when I get caught up in the things of the world. So I let work get in the way, my desire for sleep get in the way. Um, you know, the things that I have to do or the things that I think I need or the, the selfish um, focus that I have. And so, um, I don't know if this is making sense as it's coming out of my head of that. There's a simplicity in loving others that, that comes when I, I don't let the world crowd in. And so, yeah, I don't even know if that's making sense now that I'm saying it. So. No, I, I I think it is. And and I'll piggyback on it by, by saying this, like, if if we approach love from a self-sacrificial viewpoint, which is, I think, where love is supposed to come from, and we are concerned more with the other person's situation mm-hmm. or, or feeling, then, and, and we even think of love as like a debt that needs to be repaid. Yeah. Like we think of, yeah. we think yes, of Christ yes. on yep. the cross, right? We had a debt to God because of our sin. And 
God owed no one anything. Nope. Right? No. He was yeah. he was the bank yep. that was owed. And instead of cashing in on that debt and casting us all away, he said, you don't owe me anything. I'm going to cancel the debt. I'm going to send my own son to the cross and die to, to appease that debt. And then, and then we're going to be family. And so if we think of love in that sacrificial sense of how can I love my spouse? How can I love my children? How can I love my brother, my sister, my friends, my coworkers, my, my mom and my dad, whatever, whatever the context, when it comes out of that sacrificial approach of how can I, how can my love for you come from a place of I want to pay you back? I want to let my love overflow any debt that I have towards you. And, and it's not so much about like I want, I want to earn the love back as much as it is about my love for, for you should show and reflect how appreciative I am for you in my life, for all of the good that you have done me, for all of the, the grace you've shown me, for all of the free. It's a, it's a repayment, not in the sense of earning the, the reciprocal uh, feelings as much as it is out of gratitude, mm-hmm. right? And right. that's, that's yep. a thing we see often, you know, in, in the Bible is, you know, Jesus has paid all the debt. There's nothing we could ever do to repay it ourselves or to earn their forgiveness, right? But when we're called in, you know, in Scripture to live a life worthy of the calling that's been placed on us, right? If, if we're called to be perfect as, as Jesus was perfect, if we're called to be disciples of Christ, those actions that we take, how we treat people, how we speak, how we think, the things that we do, the things that we don't do, are all supposed to be instigated by the desire to act out of gratefulness and gratitude towards what God has done to us and for us. Mm -hmm. And so if we think of this, Oh, no one, anything except to love each other. It's like, we have been, we have the burden of all of the stuff that we owe people has been released from us. And now all we have to do is love people like that frees us up from all of the garbage and all of the baggage and all of the earning and all of the, you know, climbing the ladder and all of that stuff just to say, you know what? God has freed me from all of that bondage. And all I have to do now is take the love that he has shown me, the forgiveness he has shown me, the grace he has shown me, the mercy he has shown me, and just reflect that back on the people in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's like, whoo, that'll wake you up in the morning, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yes, it like, will. Don't, don't be, don't be bound, as you said, like by the earthly things, right? Right. All, all earthly things want to do is to bind us and to hold us back. And God has said, I have, I have removed all of that garbage. And I want you to be free to love people because I've shown you what love is in every conceivable way. Mm. Yes. 
for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. That's exactly what Jesus did, right? He fulfilled the law by loving us to the point of death. Yes, very much so. And he died for those that committed adultery, that murdered, that stole, that coveted, and that broke every other single commandment. And all of that is summed up in the word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So God has done the hard work, right? Quite literally. <laughs> yes. He sent his own son to be innocently murdered and accused and crucified so that all the people that screwed this up anyways could have a chance to know God and his goodness. Mm -hmm. And so all we have to do at this point is to love each other. And like when you put it that way, I don't see room for excuse. I don't. Like why do I not love people thoroughly? Mm -hmm. why, do I, why do I nitpick to find fault in other people? Why do I let other people's you know, idiosyncrasies or bad days, why do I let that affect me in a way that says, not only am I not going to love you, I'm going to talk bad about you. I'm going to despise you. You know, like it's our mandate has been love other people like I have loved you. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, you can love because I've shown you how to love. I've never thought about it that simplistically, but, and it's not simplistic in, 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 uh, execution, right? Because we are complex creatures with lots of baggage, but the basic concept of just, I've shown you how to do it. Now just go do it. Like it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And you know, uh, from the examples here, these are, you know, from the 10 commandments and, you know, let's say that there was truly a, a system of, you just got to obey these 10 things. You keep these 10 things, you're, you'll do well. You're going to go to heaven and you just got to, you know, do these 10 things. And if it was the, you know, the 10 commandments and particularly things that are listed in here, um, and if I especially apply it to my, my family, you know, uh, have not committed adultery in the truest, like 10 commandment sense, not the Matthew version of <laughs> mm -hmm. if you've lusted, you've committed adultery. So I guess I'm guilty in that, but in the truest sense of, I have not committed adultery. I've not committed murder. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I've stolen, uh, throughout my life, but I don't believe I've ever stolen from my family. Like it's particularly when I think about my children, I would never steal from my kids. Um, and neither would I ever covet, uh, anything from my, my, my kids, my wife. And, um, but then as, as I kind of like expand that out to, um, you know, like the times that I have, I would describe stealing. It's generally, I've justified, um, like corporate, like taking something from corporate America or a bigger business where it's like, oh, they'll never notice this. And <laughs> good. I deserve this pen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that, you know, they're not going to miss this box of staples. Yes. 
And, you know, just even the idea of coveting something that my children have, I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, I, I suppose I could covet like a, a job that they have or a life situation that they have, but man, my desire is to give my kids and things and, and for them to know that nothing but blessing. But then as I expand that out and you talk about loving your neighbor, uh, you know, especially when it comes to coveting, I certainly have coveted things that my neighbors have. And um, again, I don't think I've really ever stolen, but my point being is, is, is if you told me that I just had to stick to the Ten Commandments, I could probably do that. You know, if I was raised in that system of just do this and you'll get to heaven, boy, I, I sure could hold those up tr- to be true. But then you talk about love your neighbor as yourself. And that, boy, a whole bunch of other just external factors come into play, and it's not so black and white, and it's not so cut and dry, and it's not so easy of, you know, Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. and um, I don't think I've been in that direct of a correlation, but I have certainly walked past both literally and figuratively have walked past people in need and not address their need and did not certainly see that person as my, as my neighbor. Um, and, uh, so anyway, I guess I'm just kind of, um, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, and then I'm just also kind of, there, there's this dichotomy of it to me that at the same time, as simple as loving my neighbor is, it can also be very complex and very, again, you would think it'd be easier just to go love your neighbor, but I, I think if I had to choose between love your neighbor and, okay, just do these 10 things, it would probably be easier to go, okay, I'm going to choose these 10 things versus the real application of what is behind the intent of those 10 things. Yeah. And, and I think that right there, right? Like we love our lists, do this, don't do yeah. that, check all these yep. boxes. Right. And that, that simplifies the greater concept. So in a way lists or, you know, checklists or, you know, whatever can be helpful. But when, when that list becomes the end all be all, we totally whiff on the intent, right? Mm-hmm. And and if we we harken back to you know years ago when we were going through the book of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, and and you referenced it with your adultery comment earlier, right? You have heard it said, this very very concrete example of whatever the sin is. But I tell you this. You know, you've heard it said that committing murder is wrong, but I tell you, if anyone has been angry with somebody, they have committed murder in their heart. You've heard it said that adultery is wrong, but if anyone has had a lustful thought, they've mm-hmm. committed adultery. Like, Jesus does not allow that concrete nature to be the summation of the sin. It's about the intent and the heart and the thoughts behind the action, right? Right. And, and he, he does, and he reads the crowd incredibly well better than anybody ever <laughs> yes he's and, and there's there's time and time again where something has happened and it says in scripture something along the lines of and jesus knew what they thought in their hearts or they didn't say anything but jesus knew they thought this right and he and he cuts right to the quick mm-hmm. of what is actually happening and here you know you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet right on the surface 
I've not done any of those, right? But if we get to the heart of the matter, right. adultery being lust, murder being anger, stealing being, you know, uh, stealing and covetousness really being the same thing, right? Just with covetousness is, ooh, I want, do I want, do I want? Stealing is like, ooh, now I have, right? And they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, part and parcel of, of the same idea, right? Yeah. On, on the, the heart of the matter, guilty on all charges, without question. And so he says, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> and, any, and any other commandment, a.k.a. anything God has ever said in the entirety of Scripture is summed up in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I think this is something that, in my experience, I'm going to speak for myself here, is, has, has not been... Uh, evident in my life. I lived on a cul-de-sac when we li- when I lived in Gardner, where, where Dave lives now. Uh, how many people are in Gardner, Dave? Like thirty thousand? Oh, 35? no, no, probably twenty-five to thirty. Twenty-five? Yeah. Okay. So we'll just yeah, somewhere between twenty-five and thirty thousand people, right? I lived on a cul-de-sac in a subdivision on the edge of town. I had one, two. Three, four, five, six. There's seven houses on my entire block. That sounds right. Yeah. I could literally tell you the name of one of my neighbors, and I lived in that house for six years. How how can I love my neighbor as myself if I don't even know their names? How can I serve them? How can I help meet their needs? How, How can I cry with them? How can I mourn with them? How can I laugh with them? How can I do any of the things that love involves with them if I don't even know their names? And, and that's kind of where I'm at with this, this whole thing is, is like love is incredibly intentional. Love is, is something that goes above and beyond the normal stuff. The normal stuff is knowing the names of the people you live around. That's just normal. That's Frank. He works there. That's Susan. She works there. You know, that's Rodrigo. He works there. His wife is this, and she stays at home and raises, like, just knowing basic, like, life facts. Oh, that's, like, okay, case in point. There's, I lived in this house in Illinois here for a little over a year. The dude across the street is a single guy. He has a dog. His dog's name is Chandler. I cannot tell you what his <laughs> name is. He's got this massive golden uh, 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 yellow lab. Really good looking dog. Dog's name is Chandler. I cannot tell you what the human's name is. I've had multiple conversations with this guy. No idea what his name is, where he's from, what he does for work, what he enjoys. I don't even know what kind of car he drives. But I know his dog's name. And that, and that's, that's the, the frustration I have with myself is that, you know, we've been given this clear, uh, mandate to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. But I struggle to do that. And it's, it, it just, it's like, I don't want to oversimplify it, but like, it doesn't seem that hard to just give a crap about the people that are around you in life but it's so easy to get distracted, you know? 
Yeah, and I I would say I even fall on. I'm on the extreme end of this. Of I have no desire to know my neighbors, like like zero interest. And I yeah, I mean I've gone so far as to well, let's redefine what our na- you know what the definition of neighbor is, what the Bible's talking about when it comes to neighbor, because surely he's not just talking about the people that live in your neighborhood, you know. Yeah, neighbor actually means only the people that you like and get completely along with. Yeah. That's what it means. That's what I it mean, means that's, for me. That's really like I mean what the the Greek the root Greek <laughs> word really means is just the people that you enjoy. Yes. I really I, I just really want to make sure that you know I'm kidding. That's not really what it means. But yeah, I I mean, I literally think about the times when I've like ducked around a corner because a neighbor could see me or quickly hit the garage door button to close the garage door. Um, (laughs) You're the guy in the elevator. Door closed. Yes, yes, yes. yes, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I, I just, I'm terrible. And like, we've, we've been here for five years, four years, four years. And like they have neighborhood gatherings. I've never been to one. I have no desire to go to any of those. So I don't know. Well, it's just, you know, something to consider here. This, this passage. Yes. I, cause I, I, I definitely fail at this. Yeah. So I, I think I'm just going to read it one time through just as sort of a, a concluding reminder. And then, um, I think we can bid farewell. All right. But it says, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So. I think that's it for uh, 149. Yeah. And it did just hit me, and we're not going to rehash this, but this message is throughout Scripture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is not a unique to Romans 13. Like, it just really was like, this is a consistent message that, um, anyway, if you're interested in, in doing a little study, look at all the different places where loving your neighbor uh, is the fulfillment of the law. Because it's elsewhere. Indeed. There's a lot. There's a lot to that. A lot more to talk about. But uh, I do want to say to those of you that have made it thus far in the episode, thank you so much for your time and for your attention. Uh, It's incredibly valuable, and we appreciate every single one of you that devotes the time and the attention that it takes to listen to these episodes. If you want to check out the show notes, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 149. Or if you're listening on a phone or a tablet or pretty much anywhere, like if you found the audio to this, there's probably show notes somewhere. You just need to scroll or swipe and and they'll be there. Uh, You can follow Dave on Twitter at David J. Hogue, or you can find me on Instagram at Cam Brennan. If you so choose, it's just, you know, whatever you want to that's great if not that's cool too uh secondarily uh you can find us on patreon which is pay 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 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Super Megacorp. Uh, and that's where we have rewards for folks that want to uh, support the show and future developments and all of that good stuff of uh, the show and the podcast network as a whole by, by dishing out a few bucks a month. There's rewards there. All the links to all the stuff is in the show notes. Um, I do want to say a special thanks to the folks that do support us on Patreon. Uh, we are not the most popular podcast on the planet, Dave. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I'm well, crushed. it's true. We are like number 23 in Slovakia <laughs> among Christian podcasts, uh, which is awesome. Shout out to our Eastern European friends. Um, but, and it's not even Slovakia. I got the country wrong, so I just offended a whole bunch of people that are going to unsubscribe to the show. But the point is, like, look, Dave and I are just dudes, right? We're just guys. We don't, we're not famous. We don't have important, uh, you know, jobs as far as like pop culture is concerned but like this is a show we love doing and uh if you like it that's super cool and um it would be awesome if you would a review the show on uh itunes specifically uh secondarily if you want to throw us one two five ten bucks a month that would be like incredibly awesome you don't have to do either of those things but doing those things helps other people find the show so if you think the show is worth somebody else finding uh please consider one of those two options i hate doing the sales pitch i i feel super uncomfortable doing it but that's a thing and other people discovering the show is something that dave and i are interested in and if you appreciate what we've done over the last almost five years uh, on the show, it would be super cool if you would consider uh, lending your voice uh, to that. So that's it. I really don't like that, but not asking for it, but just, I don't, I never want it to sound salesy or like we're in it for that stuff, but, <laughs> but like getting, getting new people uh, introduced to the show is really neat because again, it's not about us, but it's about what God can do through us. And that sounds super self-righteous, but that's not the intent. Am I making sense, Dave? <laughs> yes, you're making sense. You would think after five years I can end a show smoothly. So that's it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you uh, listening. We do. Oh, absolutely. Genuinely, 100%. When Dave and I started this five years ago, again, roughly, sitting at, Austin's bar and grill in Gardner, Kansas, deciding, Hey, you know, if we stuck a microphone in between us, what could happen? <laughs> um, I don't think you could have convinced either of us a that five years later, we'd still be doing it. B that we would still really enjoy it and see that random, not random, that people we have never met in real life would listen to the show and subscribe to it. I don't think you could convince us of any of those three things at that point. So we're just, we're really honored and humbled um, that this continues to be a thing and that people continue to listen. And uh, I just, I really hope you genuinely feel how thankful Dave and I are for, uh, for you and for your time. And yeah. Oh, also, you know, if you want to call into the show and leave a voicemail, it'd be really fun to put people's voices on the air, whether it be a question or a rebuttal or a, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Um, that could be a really fun aspect of the show that we haven't really tapped yet. So 
Yes. Don't be afraid to call in because it would be really, really, really cool to have your voice on this show as well. I did like a three-minute outro, Dave. Anything <laughs> else? No. Good, because I have, I have six minutes left on my memory card. So, All right. uh, friends of the interwebs, we bid you farewell. Thanks again, and we will be back next time. Bye. See ya.